Mind you, we were at the hospital at 11 p.m., so getting test results from the lab at this time was obviously not easy. The staff reminded me that if Kev's test results weren't back by then, I'd have to give birth without him, he'd have to go home, and we'll only be able to see him when we're discharged a few days later. Of all of the things I had to let go of during the pregnancy, I was not ready to let go of Kev being there to see Kento's birth. Hey mama, welcome to the season 3 finale of The Whole Mama Show. I'm your host Aisha O'Reilly and we're revealing the untold stories of motherhood. Thank you so, so much for your support on this season of pandemic pregnancy and COVID birth stories. If you've enjoyed this season or any other episode of my podcast, I'd really appreciate a review. A quick one-liner or a rating out of five is perfect. I love hearing from you, so do drop me a line or share on social media, tagging me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Aisha and Life. That's A-I-S-H-A-A-N-D-L-I-F-E. As many of you know, I had my second son in 2020. As much as I tried to keep the spirits of my online community of mamas up, in the background, I was anxious most of the time and overwhelmed with the responsibility of carrying my child to term when the world was in turmoil. You're not the only mama who gave birth in a pandemic. This season is our COVID birth stories. In this episode, I'm sharing my COVID birth story, a lot of which I haven't yet shared on any of my platforms. This episode is sponsored by Nook. The best shaped soother is one that takes up the least amount of space in the mouth. The Nook orthodontically shaped teat was developed by two orthodontists in Germany. After intense research into the shape the mother's nipple takes while feeding, the Nook soother is thin, narrow, flat, and has all the benefits of mother nature. It helps to prevent crooked teeth and the incorrect positioning of the jaw, giving your baby the perfect smile. Visit nook.co.za, that's n-u-k.co.za, and sign up for their pregnancy and baby mailers for more expert advice. Now back to the episode. So when I first thought of this season, I wasn't sure if I was going to include my story. I love speaking to other moms on this platform. I mean, it's the entire basis of my podcast, to share the untold stories of mothers, as I share mine on my blog, my YouTube channel, and my Instagram. But I can't personally speak to a lot of experiences that are still true to the journey of mothers. And so I launched my podcast just over a year ago now to expand on the spaces I'd already created and open them up to others. I've already shared some of my COVID birth story on my YouTube channel. So at first, I didn't think it was necessary for me to share it again. But as I was putting this season together, had these powerful conversations with fellow pandemic mamas, and the pandemic itself is still ongoing, it became clear to me that I needed to share more about the whole journey of before and after bringing my son into this world. My video is a snapshot of my whole story. It was focused more on the side of the story many people want to hear. The positive, it all worked out in the end one. Which is true. But what's also true is that time in lockdown was tough on me mentally and physically. It put a strain on my marriage and my relationship with my first child who was just three at the time. And then finally, I thought about my son, Kenzo. My pandemic baby. And how one day... I'd want him to know why he was the light for us in a time that was dark for so many. So let me start by sharing how my pregnancy with Kenzo went. I found out I was pregnant in November 2019. 
The pregnancy started just like my first, and I was exhausted throughout my first trimester. But thankfully this time, I expected it, and I knew why. Shortly after, my husband Kevin and my then three-year-old son Kai and I traveled to see my family in Tanzania over the December holidays, and we returned to South Africa in January 2020. We had no idea that it would be the last time we saw my family. My biggest concern as my pregnancy progressed was suffering from postpartum depression again, as I did after I first became a mom. I share more about that and how I got help in Season 2, Episode 10. So please do have a listen to You're Not the Only Mama Who Hid Her Depression for more details. My husband knew my fears and reassured me that we were better equipped for it this time and knew which resources to tap into to help me. My friends also knew and checked in on me throughout my pregnancy and those first few months after I had Kenzo. My second trimester started off well and everything was normal until, of course, March 2020, when news of COVID-19 was really worrying people. I was six months pregnant at the time, and honestly, I didn't realize how serious it was or the effect it would have until that first, as we call, family meeting with President Cyril Ramaphosa happened. Kevin and I were at my parents-in-love's place, and I remember us casually saying we'll pass by the shops to get a few things, only to find the shops packed and the shelves emptying by the minute. There was a heavy feeling of anxiety and panic in the air. Then, schools closed. And I found myself, as mothers did worldwide, trying to juggle work while doing homeschooling with Kai. And then about a week later, we went into full lockdown. We weren't allowed to leave our houses, except to do absolutely necessary errands such as buying groceries or going to the hospital. I remember crying and praying so hard that night. I was fearful, but hopeful. I thought, we just have to sit tight. It'll be over soon. And that's what I kept telling Kai. Of course, he didn't understand why he had to watch video tutorials for class or why he couldn't see granny and grandpa. He needed to expel energy. And my husband and I have never appreciated our little garden and driveway more. They both gave us, our three-year-old, and our dogs a little bit of a change of scenery to being inside our small house all day. But then the months dragged on and the housework became unbearable as my bump grew. This pregnancy was definitely tougher on me physically than the first. I had constant back and hip pain, which I contributed to me being older than I was when I carried Kai, and I also had another child to care for, and we didn't have our helper anymore who used to take care of the housework. It felt like all of a sudden, I went from being a busybody entrepreneur to being at home, heavily pregnant with a bored three-year-old who was always hungry for snacks and having to clear endless piles of laundry. The pandemic was affecting so many people's work, and I was one of them. Kevin and I are both self-employed. As much as we have to prepare for a rainy day, no one really knew that we had to prepare for a pandemic. Work was drying up for me as I neared my due date. I couldn't handle the physical and emotional toll everything was having on me, So Kevin and I decided that he'd ramp up on work while I'd step back from working and focus on taking care of Kai and bringing Kenzo into the world. My OBGYN has a private clinic that's not in a hospital, so he allowed Kev to come with me to doctor scans and consultations. That was really important, as I carried heavy this time around and I couldn't drive past seven months. I continued to share my pregnancy on all of my platforms online, 
In this time, so many people were stuck at home and we all found comfort in connecting with people online. As much as I tried to keep my content positive and encouraging, it was also tough dealing with the reality that the pandemic seemed to be lasting much longer than I thought it would be. I didn't do a lot of things with my pregnancy with Kai. I felt ugly and barely took photos. It's something I regret until this day. So I promised myself with my next baby, I'll make a big deal of things. I'll book a maternity photo shoot and I'll have a massive baby shower. But as my due date was nearing, it became clearer that the pandemic wasn't going anywhere. Many mothers panicked because all of the shops were closed and we didn't have everything we needed for our babies. So nesting wasn't really a thing. We'd also had plans to renovate our house and extend it so we'd have more space. But because of the pandemic and lockdown, that also came to a halt. At this time, I really loved how people made a plan for mothers to still experience something close to normal. Chelsea of Kissed Photography did a remote photo shoot for me, which I'm so grateful for. It allowed me to dress up a little bit and document my bump. My friends also organized a surprise virtual baby shower for me. I had no idea they were planning it, and they managed to get all of my sisters and my closest friends who are spread out in more than six different countries and three continents to wish me well. They sent cash contributions and gift cards as presents. I felt so loved. By the time I was due for my scheduled Caesar, we were in lockdown level four. My husband and I had to both take COVID tests not more than 48 hours before being admitted to hospital. Otherwise, they wouldn't be considered valid. We knew that if either of them were positive, Kev wouldn't be allowed in theater. But the day before my Caesar, I went into natural labor. Thankfully, I'd already packed my hospital bag and was as ready as I could be to have our baby. Except our COVID test results weren't available yet. As Kev drove us to the hospital, I spoke to my doctor who tried to assure me that everything was going to be okay and he'll meet us at the hospital. I was quite panicked. They allowed Kev inside to help me carry my bags and wait for the test results. We were in a small isolation room and I remember this time the contractions were happening quickly. The nurse told me that they'll take me into theater in 15 minutes. By then, only my results had come back. I was negative. But Kev's was still at the lab. Mind you, we were at the hospital at 11 p.m. So getting test results from the lab at this time was obviously not easy. The staff reminded me that if Kev's test results weren't back by then, I'd have to give birth without him, he'd have to go home, and we'll only be able to see him when we're discharged a few days later. The only way that he could stay was if he was negative and we'd have to stay in a private ward until we were discharged. Now, private wards are quite a bit more expensive, and an older nurse stepped in and asked me to reconsider and let Kev go home. She was worried the private ward was too expensive. Of all of the things I had to let go of during the pregnancy, I was not ready to let go of Kev being there to see Kento's birth. When Kev came back, we talked about it and agreed that he'd stay if his result came back negative. Just when I was trying to prepare myself to give birth alone, five minutes before I was wheeled into theater, his results came back. Negative. The relief we both felt was unbelievable. Honestly, I was more nervous before Kenzo's birth than I was with Kai's. There was something so unsettling about seeing my doctor, the anesthesiologist, 
and everyone else covered head to toe in PPE. When Kenzo first saw my face, I was wearing a mask. Once they finished up and wheeled me into recovery, I'd ask the nurse if I can take my mask off to kiss my baby. He looked around to make sure it was only us, looked back at me and nodded. Having that contact with him was so calming. Kev and I stayed in the hospital for four days. The experience was very different from four years ago. The nursery was closed, so you had no choice but to sleep with your baby. So I'm so grateful that Kev could stay because I couldn't imagine having to get up and down by myself throughout the night so soon after my Caesar. I actually managed to rest because he was there. Even the first few weeks home, we continued to isolate. I was also completely offline except for my WhatsApp, where only my close friends and family have access to me. I know that this was quite a lonely time for many mothers and families out there, but there was something so peaceful about not having any visitors and being able to bond with our baby and letting his brother get to know him more. That part wasn't completely smooth sailing though, and Kai did act out a little bit for a while. He had never been that close to a baby before and didn't understand how fragile they are. He's since become the most caring, thoughtful, protective big brother. The first year of Kenzo's life was very different from Kai's. The pandemic has continued and lockdown levels continue to fluctuate. We hardly go out and when we do, it's mostly to the clinic for his shots and weigh-ins. So far, only about four of my friends have met him in person. Many of my online family know that Kenzo's first birthday was especially hard on me. It was a crude reminder that the pandemic was still happening and my family still hadn't met him. Because travel restrictions kept changing across all of the countries my family spread over, no one was really able to come and visit us. If the Netherlands was open to travel, South Africa was closed. If South Africa was open, no travelers from Tanzania could enter because Tanzania was considered a red zone. I had a hard time coming to grips with my family completely missing the baby stage of my son's life. We managed to have a virtual birthday party with both of our families on the call. It was very emotional for me, but it was also beautiful. I'd also planned a small celebration for just us and my parents in love to stay mindful of the situation. But in the emotional lead up to it all, I changed my mind last minute and wanted at least a couple of our friends there too to celebrate him and to make it feel a bit closer to home. But a few days before the party, with infection levels rising, our friends were worried and pulled out. I understood their decision. I was just sad about the whole situation. We went ahead, just the four of us, and had a photographer, Tabang, who took beautiful family photos of Kenzo's birthday lunch and cake. The next day, we entered lockdown level four again. So... My whole mama truth this year is that even when it feels impossible and my cup is empty, I will always find love and strength for my boys. To say the last two years have been a roller coaster is the biggest understatement. It's been exhausting, terrifying, and humbling. Despite it all, I remain hopeful that we can finally travel this December to Tanzania two years after last seeing anyone in my family. And I'm hopeful we can finally share the joy of Kenzo with my family. Ho Mama fam, thank you so much for listening. This season will always be dear to my heart 
And I'd like to again thank all of my fellow pandemic mamas for sharing their stories of uncertainty, fear, and heartbreak. Yet in each of our stories, there's a show of strength, resilience, and never flailing love for our lockdown babies. Unfortunately, the podcast platforms don't allow me to respond to reviews, but trust me when I say I have read them all and I appreciate every single review, every single rating, and social media posts that you share of this podcast of mine. If you haven't already, please leave a review and continue posting on your social media until season four. Just make sure to tag me at Aisha and Life on all platforms. That's A-I-S-H-A-A-N-D-L-I-F-E. You can also watch my 2020 birth story on my YouTube channel and join my ever supportive Insta fam at Aisha and Life. I really hope you've enjoyed this season. And until season four, please take care of yourselves and love on your loved ones. I'm Aisha O'Reilly, and I hope this season has left you feeling a little bit more whole, mama.